Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today, I'm here with Michael Hallman, owner of American Institute of Beauty, also the president of the American Association of Cosmetology Schools. I actually got to meet Michael this past weekend in Vegas at a conference. Um, Just having his energy in the room was really incredible. And so we have so much to share with you today. So Michael, I want to start by first asking you about how you got into the beauty um, business, because I kind of heard this story from your son. um, And got a little bit of that insight, but I haven't gotten to hear it from you. So how did you get started in the beauty business? You know, great, great question. And Bobby, thanks for for having me on. It goes back quite a few years into the beauty business was not really the school business originally. Um, We got into the beauty supply business because uh, I had a very good friend that I skated with every year that was in the beauty supply industry. And when my wife had our second son and we made the decision that she would not go back to work, I said, listen, let you know, this beauty supply business looks like an interesting business. I was a banker at the time. So um, we actually opened up a uh, 800 square foot little tiny store and stocked it with shampoos and conditioners, general market, as we called it, meaning that we sold to the public. And uh, she started working that um, with Anthony, uh, going to the, you know, the daycare initially, and then growing up in the back of the store. So that's how we got into the beauty supply business. And then eventually into schools. So how did that transition happen? Yeah, again, interesting in that uh, as that business grew, ultimately it grew to where we had uh, three stores and ultimately started providing uh, kits to schools. And so one of my customers, um, which is a good friend of of mine now, um, Robert from Artistic Nails and Beauty Academy, I sold him kits. And we were playing golf one day, and I said, you know, Robert, I really find interest in the school business. It just and, and, And surprisingly enough, my wife went to Robert's school, unbeknownst to me at the time, to get her nail tech license many, many years ago. And I said, uh, you know, really looks like an interesting business. And from that conversation led me to ultimately opening up our first school with my business partner, Janet. That's awesome. So let me ask you, because I feel like we talk a lot on this podcast about how incredible the beauty industry is. Have you ever once looked back and been like, man, I really, really wish I would have stayed with banking? No, not at all. You know, the people that you meet are awesome. I mean, the energy, you know, as a banker, it was great. I always told people I sold money. That's what I did. You know, I, I gave loans to businesses and loans to individuals of high, high wealth. And, you know, that got kind of, kind, of, kind of boring, to be honest with you, right? This industry, it just never is. There's always something exciting around every corner. So I absolutely have no regrets whatsoever. I just think it's really incredible the way that people are able to jump into this industry. And I feel like it says something about how welcoming everybody is um, and supportive and you just meet people. And I mean, even at the conference, like every single person that I met was like, no, I'd love to talk to you more. I want to record. I want to, everybody's so willing to help um, and move forward. Is that kind of the, the situation that you found coming into this as you've kind of worked your way up into this position? 
The industry is one of really where, um, you know, we help each other. We're a family. You know, if, if you attended some of the general sessions that I did, you, you will see that that is a, you know, a, a point that I, that I really refer to quite often is that we're a family. We're a community. Um, we're small mom and pop businesses. Certainly there are some large organizations that have multi-campuses, enterprise schools, as we like to refer to them as. Uh, but no, we are, we're very helpful to our, our, you know, our member schools uh, in terms of just giving them information to help them grow their businesses, uh, networking opportunities. Very, very open environment to, to really a safe environment to come in and learn about the industry. Yeah, it's been one of the the best things I think of. I've only been in the industry for seven years um, and doing admissions. And in that role, I mean, I just think it's just knocked me off my feet of the people that I've had the opportunity to talk to and meet and just how open and loving everyone is. I mean, I think that when I meet with students and talk to students, it's one of the biggest things that I want to get across to them. And even with this podcast of just getting the point across that you are coming into, like you said, you're coming into a family. Um, and I think that it's really important and it's a, it's a safe space. And so I think it's awesome. And I think that what you're doing and the, the vision that you have um, specifically is really incredible because you see this, you know, going way bigger. And I had to stalk you a little bit. So I know that you're actually super involved with the legislation um, and being in communication with Washington. And it's actually something that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. So I want to talk to you about why that's so important and what you're doing for the beauty industry, um, you know, and why we need to keep that connection open. No, great question again, right? So we are in what one would say, not say, one is uh, referred to as a regulated industry so that um, our schools operate, uh, quite frankly, under the guidance and direction of uh, the Department of Education and the rules put forth by that uh, by that agency. So it's, it's incredibly important that we advocate um, on the behalf of all our member schools in Washington because as new rules and new laws are put into place that impact us, obviously it can have negative impacts on, on the schools that we represent. So by really teaching our members how to advocate uh, on behalf of, of themselves in their states and then in turn in Washington, D.C. on a much larger level, obviously, when we go up for our summit, we're able to get a voice. And I like to use the term tell our story. Um, we're able to get legislators to understand that going to cosmetology school, going to beauty school, going to barber school, that this is a thriving opportunity for individuals that are not destined to go to college to gain a great education and go on to actually lead meaningful lives and quite frankly, you know, earn a solid living because, as we know, there are individuals in this industry that can earn six figures. Um, does that happen to everyone? Obviously not, but it certainly does give that opportunity. And so we believe that it's incredibly important to always stay at the forefront of advocacy because we need legislators to understand what exactly it is that we do and that the outcomes that we provide are wonderful outcomes. Yeah, and I think that you're right. And we, again, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but just having that, you know, preconceived notion that this is like the easy way out, that this is kind of the, I don't know, if you can't make it in college, then try beauty school. And just making sure that we're changing that mindset into something that it truly is. We get to see it every day. And I, I have to remind myself, like, oh, you know, my mom, who's never been in the beauty industry, or, you know, my family, you know, they don't know that. They have their preconceived notion of wherever they go or whatever they've gone to get their hair done or nails or whatever it is, they have no clue what's gone into it. So I love that you're providing this voice and that you're able to stand up and, and kind of share that. And I think it's important that all of us do that locally as well. So what can we be doing locally um, to make sure that we're, you know, we're helping your causes also? 
get the legislators into your school. I, I think that as individual school owners, that we need to recognize that wherever our schools are located, that we are constituencies to legislators. They look to engage with the folks that vote them into office. We must engage. I encourage every school owner that may listen to this podcast, that may hear these comments, to really engage their legislators. Bring them into the schools so they can see firsthand exactly the amazing education that we provide to our students, the amazing students that we have going to our schools, and that, no, this is not a, you know, a second, uh, you know, stop. No, this is a first stop for many individuals in that they're not destined for traditional college. They're very artistic in nature, so they come into our schools really fired up, and they leave really able to go out into the marketplace and do phenomenal work. So it starts, though, by bringing the local... Everyone says that politics is local, and that's a true statement. You must start locally with your legislator in your city, in your county, in your state, and then grow it from there. I love that. I think that's great advice, and I think that that's not something that a lot of people are thinking about, so I think it's really good to get that message out. So what are you? What challenges are you seeing us facing right now? Is there, is there something specifically that you're working on, um, not necessarily fighting, but you know, working with, with Washington on? You know, I think probably the, the the larger items right now is really just taking a look at the reauthorization of the Higher Education Act and that trying to ensure that the legislators recognize those portions and certainly some of the, without really drilling down into the depth of it, um, you know, some of the aspects of that that could be, quite frankly, uh, harmful to our schools. So I, I think that, you know, the focus that we have with our, you know, our arm of advocacy right now is to really take a look at the, the independent legislation and to ensure that we have a voice uh, as legislators debate those issues to ensure that what comes out is a product that will not be harmful to our schools. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that that's really important. I think that the students need to know that they're in good hands and that they're at a school um, with people that actually care about this um, as well, that it's not just in the benefit in the school, but it's in the benefit of the student um, also. So I really love that you're doing that work. And um, I think it's important. And like I said, I think that it's something that a lot of people maybe haven't thought about. So I think it's good to kind of get that message across from somebody that's like on the front lines. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I want to talk about um, this kind of next generation idea. Um, I got to sit in a class last weekend where I got to hear your son, from your son's perspective, um, you know, his version of coming into the family business. So I loved hearing his story of growing up being at, you know, the store that you all own um, and having him kind of start from the bottom. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've brought up your name um, in the last week since we've been back. Um, you know, we're in a situation where Adam is bringing his son into the family business um, and just making him realize that um, he's really not starting from the bottom. You know, he's kind of got it a little bit easier maybe than your son did. Um, and sure. But I think, but in my way of parenting and the way that, you know, I hope to maybe be able to, uh, to stand by what I'm doing with my kids is I really love the way that you did it. And I think it's important uh-huh. to have these people, especially as new parents, I've got little ones, um, to know, you know, and have these people that you can kind of mentor a little bit or it can be a mentor to you, you mean? Because I love, you know, you were saying, or he was saying, you know, that he, you know, would just be there while you guys were working. And I think that example of showing them, like, 
this is hard work and this stuff that you have and the house that we have and the food that's on the table, it didn't just come to us. It doesn't just appear. This is what I'm doing. I think it's really important. And, you know, his perspective, I think it's, it was really funny being on the outside, seeing you in there (laughs) and seeing him in there because, um, you know, you just kind of see that like everyone grows up with a different perspective. So um, I really respect him. I really respect you. I think that you guys have done this really beautiful. So I want to hear your side of this though. So I want to hear about you bringing your son um, into the family business and how that's kind of gone for you. Was there a point that you said, okay, he's ready or how did that transition happen? Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting when you, you sit back and you evaluate the process, Bobby. So for me and for us, uh, it goes back to the beauty supply stores because during the years initially of the stores, as I you know stated earlier, um, our second son uh, was born. So Michael, who was five years older, obviously, at the time that we started that business, um, was in uh, elementary school. And it literally, we put him in a school that was behind the uh, plaza where the beauty supply store was. So at the end of his day, uh, you know, my wife would walk down to the end of this long fence at the back, uh, a concrete fe- a concrete wall, I should say, and bring him around into the back of the store where he would do his homework. And as he grew, because he went uh, to that school for some three to four years, uh, he started you know, cutting open boxes and stocking shelves and uh, certainly, uh, you know, taking the price gun and, and, and teaching him how to price uh, the, the boxes or the, uh, the shampoo bottles. So he really grew in that environment of seeing that. And I don't know that I was looking at it at that point as this is his entree into the business. Uh, but then, in fact, when you look back now retrospectively, in fact, it was because those days and those weeks and those hours, as you heard him speak to them, they really did have an impact on him. And so as he went on through school and into high school, he would always come back and work in the stores on the weekends. And continually, I recognized that in him was someone that really enjoyed the entrepreneurial side of it, where the younger son now, as I indicated, he's an attorney. He just didn't really gravitate to the business. So for Mike, it really was um, giving him an opportunity uh, in high school to say, okay, do you want to go and work at Publix, our supermarket, or do you want to work in the family, you know, uh, beauty supply business? And he continually came back to the beauty supply business. So when we finally opened up the schools and it was time to go to college, you know, this is something that I say uh, that for Mike, it was really he had spent his entire life. Um, in the beauty supply business and then ultimately in high school working, uh, delivering for the beauty supply business that when it came time to do the schools, he just really decided this is what, you know, I want to do. Uh, I, I am one that um, is not college bound. It's not what I want to do. And I struggled with that, Bobby, I've got to be honest, because, you know, I think we all, when we work and strive for something, one of the things we strive for is for our children to go to college. And he just really, you know, said, that's just not what I want to do, Dad. I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You're going to come into the the beauty school business. And and actually, it was my business partner, as I said before, Janet, that said, hey, you know, let's give him a shot at it. And and as I shared, and and it's the truth, it's the same story. He started actually coming in and cleaning the toilets. He was the maintenance guy that mopped the floors. And so it wasn't wasn't pretty. It wasn't beautiful. I think today, you know, if if, if I were bringing in a child today, would they probably skip that level? Probably. But in Mike's case... (laughs) Uh, You know, he started at the bottom. (laughs) I know, but I think it's so good for him to learn every side of it. And I think one thing that he said has really stuck with us um, was when he said that, you know, 
the way that he kind of earned respect because, you know, coming in as a child of the owner, it's very um, like, oh, is he going to get a free pass? He's going to do this. But like what you instilled in your son. And I think that this is something that wasn't just, this is who he is, right? I think in the two seconds of listening to him, I think that's who he is, is like he wanted to step up and prove himself. And the whole time that he was talking, it wasn't like he was complaining about what he had to do. He was using it almost as a positive of like, yes, I had to step up and yes, I was treated different um, in the way of where I did have to start at the bottom, but I proved myself to the employees that worked there at the time um, and they all respect him. So I think that it like, it all works out and it seems like he has a strong enough head on his shoulders that like, it really is just who he is. Um, So I think that that's so beautiful and so inspiring. And I think that even for somebody that's going into the salon, like maybe you're not going into a family business, but going into the salon and seeing that you kind of have to earn your spot a little bit. Now that doesn't mean being taken advantage of, but it does mean, you know, you have to work hard to get to, to where you want to go. So was there any point, um, of him going through this time that you, you know, were like, oh no, like this isn't going to work. Or did you kind of see it slowly progress into like, wow, this is what he's meant for. Yeah. You know, that, that's really interesting. No, actually, um, it, it, it was, Oh, wow, he really he really wants this. Um, you know, he 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 did all the things that were asked of him every step of the way. I mean, I really saw in when I when I looked away from that's my son, and I looked at an individual that really has a passion and a desire to want to do something. I saw that, and then I said, "Oh, and that's my son." So it was really awesome to see his development. Uh, it, you know, he started as I said in the bottom, and today he runs that campus that we opened up in 2012. You know wanting and striving for more responsibility. Um, so there was not one moment at all that I ever questioned, you know, is this someone that will develop and grow? And that's an awesome thing to be able to say, because in the beginning, I just didn't know. Um, so yeah, not at all. Not one moment that I questioned uh, where this was going. That's so awesome. And I just think as a parent, it's it's easy to kind of get nervous of like, you know, they are representing you and now having them in your business. And, you know, it's a little bit, it had to have been a little bit challenging to kind of be like, you know, is he going to embarrass me? Is he going to, I don't know. I just think as a parent, you run through all of those things all of the time. And so I think it's really great that you all have been able to do this. So how often do you guys actually like work together? How many hours a week are you working beside each other? You know, in, in the role that he's in, um, we, we talk more often than we see each other. I work out of a, a separate corporate office. Uh, we speak to each other daily, and then I try to make it a point to be in uh, his campus once a week for at least four to five hours as I try to do that. To the, the, We have two campuses, so I try to get to each campus uh, once per week for at least a half of a day. Uh, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes it could be several weeks that I don't make it to the campus, but we certainly speak quite frequently. Um, but, you know, I think he, he did allude to this. Uh, you know, we all also have this, you know, ability, obviously, as being my son. And for example, we went to a football game this weekend for my grandson, and he coaches the team. So, you know, sometimes in between plays, I might say, hey, did you take care of that thing at the school? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where he says, dad, can we like time out on that right now? So, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's probably more hours than I recognize, because they are the hours that are not spent in the building that we may be at home talking about something. And inevitably, something will come back up about the School, so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you kind of a tough question, but I am, you know, obviously, like I said, I've, I'm a new mom. Um, I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so we're just kind of in it right now. Um, I don't know if you just, I feel like every parent's like, well, these are the days, either, you know, these are the, the fun sure. moments. Um, I'm extremely ambitious. I, 
you know, love my job. I'm a, that's one thing I think about this industry that um, you can just see on people is if you're in this, you love it. You live it. You breathe it. All of that stuff. Um, what advice do you have for somebody that is raising a family and trying to juggle this too? I mean, I feel like people talk to moms about this a lot. You know, they're sure, like, how did you sure. juggle being a mom and working and all that stuff? But I want to ask you as a, as a dad, because it was kind of hinted a little bit in the conference. How do you juggle that? What advice do you have for people that are starting a family and starting in this industry? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I think that you moms need to be given a plaque or what, I mean, whatever the highest award that, you know, can be given because it's super what you guys do, right? Because when I look at it and I say, yeah, we're, as dads, we're there, but really moms are the ones, you know, that are there. I I, I tell this, and I didn't make this up, but there's a story about, you know, a young man that um, is, is, is playing football and his dad is there for every practice. His dad is there for every, you know, every game and his dad is working out with him on the weekends and his dad is coaching him throughout. And this goes through high school and, you know, he's, he's getting now selected to, um, to, to go to, to, to play college ball and his dad is there all the way through and dad is just always present and then when he gets selected to go to NFL and he goes on camera and they say what would you like to say and he says thanks mom you know, <laughs> so it's like moms do, this, moms do this amazing thing that we don't see hey but you, you're probably changing the diapers you're probably feeding them you know and, and they, I just thought it was an awesome story I think oh, it was a made up sure. story but it's probably true no I'm definitely so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's awesome, right? So I, I think the advice I would give um, to the family general, right? I think it's the family unit general. It's very yeah. different, Bobby, today than it was, you know, I, I want to say, you know, 20 years ago when I was going through this with, with my kids. Um, I think today you have to make the family time. I do. Um, I, I think there has to be a balance. I think we were imbalanced um, earlier on in life, and I think Mike spoke to that to some degree. Um, and, and I found that I need to be far more balanced today. So my advice would be to the family unit, be it mom, dad, whomever the entrepreneur is, or maybe you're both entrepreneurs, set that time aside for family, be it one hour an evening or, you know, six hours on the weekend, because oftentimes you're working on the weekends, set that time apart that truly you you flip the switch, you're not discussing the business, you're just taking that time for family. Yeah, it's funny because I I have a similar, uh, a similar experience as your son did um or what it sounds like and it's you know we have these parents that are working so hard and but I honestly you know I wonder like now that I'm a parent and like reflecting on this you know am I the way that I am because I saw my parents grinding so hard and doing that so I think that it's important that we don't you know we don't take it away but like you said we balance it I think our you know especially for my daughter everything I'm doing I'm thinking you know like I'm setting an example I'm setting an example you know what do I want her to be what do I want her to be able to experience I think that us as parents now like we probably are just more cognitive of it because we had a certain experience with our parents and we're like, okay, how do we, and it's probably what you all did as parents as well as you carry on kind of what your parents were like, you know, into this. And that's how you, you know, you want to do better or different than they did, or just make sure you fix everything or whatever the situation is. So I do think that there is an important balance though, because like I said, would he be as hardworking as everything that he is if he didn't see you doing that? And that's a great point, and, and I think you're right, right? I, I don't believe that we should walk away, um, you know, from the standards of how we are as entrepreneurs and recognize that, yes, it, it probably was built with a lot of hard work, right? So Bill Gates did not build Microsoft and, and, and without working probably many 24-hour shifts, uh, you know, with Wozniak and where work to develop whatever they did. And I think that's just true, that entrepreneurs typically – 
have to work very hard and they have to give up a lot of things. And, and yes, I think Mike recognizes that. And however, I do see though the shift in the generations that they don't want to have to give up as much. So, and that's where I think the balance comes. So they recognize the hard work. I will say this, that I think technology is afforded this, this, this next generation to be able to do things, you know, uh, without actually putting in the number of hours that we did uh, in my generation. So, which is important and that's great. That's awesome. Right. Definitely. Okay. So one more question. I know we've got to run, but I want to know what advice would you give to somebody that's in beauty school currently? or is somebody that's thinking about coming into the beauty industry? Um, you know, I would say study as far as the beauty industry or beauty schools. I want to make sure I'm speaking to... Yeah, well, let's start with beauty schools. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say study it. Study it well. Um, study the market that you're looking at going into. Um, you know, I say study the, the regulatory side of it so you understand it because there can be surprises along the way. It's a great industry, but as a regulated industry, I would certainly say uh, before you take a step into the school business, is speak to folks, you know, like come to AACS's conference. Talk to. That's what the opportunity there to network is. Talk to school owners. We're happy to share so you get a full understanding of exactly what it is that you're going into from the standpoint of the beauty school. The beauty industry, I just think, is amazing. I think it's limitless. You know, I think that when I can see individuals that can uh, go out and build a business, if you may, on Instagram or or whatever platform they can build, uh, having graduated from beauty school and just create a phenomenal brand for themselves, it's just an awesome time to be in the beauty industry. And and I encourage you know anyone that's considering it to really take a serious look because it's an, it's an awesome opportunity for someone that is artistic, someone that has the ability to create a canvas of a face, of hair, of nails. Uh, it's just an awesome business to be in, and I certainly am, am supportive of anyone that wants to to do that. So thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at www.tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com and at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to follow me at beautyschoolbobby underscore podcast on Instagram and visit our website, www.beautyschoolbobby.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, bye. Thank you.